Chapter 5 of Feminism in Greek Literature. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by April 6090, California, United States of America. Feminism in Greek Literature by Frederick Adam Wright. Athens in the 5th Century we have traced the main tendencies of ionian thought and have seen how the degradation of women involved in a corresponding degradation of literature its very offensiveness protects a great deal of ionian work from notice but it has been necessary to quote some of the less noisome specimens for it must be remembered that this immorality of literature was both the cause and the result of the low opinion in which women were held the motives which inspired the whole school of writers were utterly contemptible the means they employed were not much better but they were successful in their purpose when athens took over the leadership of greece she took over from ionia the idea of women as inferior creatures and during all the great period of athenian history women were a subject class it became no longer necessary to slander them they were simply neglected a woman's life at athens in the fifth century b c was a dreary business she was confined closely to the house a harem prisoner but without any of that luxurious ease which the harem system has sometimes offered as a solace for the loss of freedom an athenian house was small dark and uncomfortable and a woman's day was occupied with a long round of monotonous work occasionally she was allowed out of prison to walk in some sacred procession as we see the quiet line of girls marshalled on the parthenian frieze but all the amusements of the town were closed against her from the school and the gymnasium from the odeon and the academy from public meetings and from private banquets women were jealously debarred it is doubtful whether they were permitted even to enter the theatre of dionysus and their shopping quarter where they bought their rouge and white lead was in the most remote and inaccessible part of the city the whole structure of social life was arranged to suit men and to exclude women it is true that the patron divinity of the state was a woman athena but the goddess was divested of feminine attributes she became the ideal athens a conception as far remote from an anthropomorphic divinity as any race has ever possessed the stages by which women were reduced to this condition of inferiority are in the general obscurity of early athenian history quite unknown but there can be little doubt that the whole position was due to ionian influence the legal status of women especially in relation to property seems to have been changed by definite enactment about the end of the sixth century b c and in the suppliant maidens of Aeschylus, there are traces of the conflict of principles on which the change was based henceforward in the eyes of the athenian law a woman was merely an appanage of any property which she chanced to inherit and her nearest male relative had to take charge of her person a demosa heritus for which the material advantage of her estate served as compensation moreover women in athens were married far too young for the average age was about fifteen and the result of these early marriages was that by the time a woman had arrived at years of discretion 
and might have been an intellectual companion for her husband her beauty too often was gone and she herself was worn out a premature old woman for girls no education was considered necessary and throughout their childhood they were kept in constant seclusion they were regarded only as potential bearers of children and the most extreme precautions known to modern eugenics were apparently practiced before marriage but even as mothers they were not very efficient for their physique suffered from the narrowness of their lives and the wet nurse type was to be found in most families just as the breton and norman girls migrate to paris so those athenian households that could afford the expense would hire the robust women of sparta to take the mother's place alcibiades for example was suckled by a lacedaemonian nurse and was not altogether an alien when exiled from athens he took refuge in the peloponnese it was not in athens but at sparta or in the islands where girls wrestled and raced with young men that paonis found the model for his victory with her flying feet deep bosom and firm rounded limbs and in erastophanes when lysistrata assembles the women of greece the athenians can scarcely refrain from half envious admiration of the buxom vigor of the spartan lampetto at athens the restriction of women to one function meant that even that one function was badly performed and all through the great period the athenian race was slowly declining in numbers in one respect alone was there little difference between the sexes at athens that of dress there was no distinction of sex as there was no distinction of rank in an attic tragedy a chorus of generals of fishermen and of flower girls would all appear in much the same garb in asia both sexes wore trousers bags which the greeks regarded with amused contempt in athens neither sex did there are some slight varieties in shape material and color but speaking generally it is correct to say that an athenian lady or an athenian gentleman was dressed informally when she or he had one blanket draped about their person full dress consisted of another blanket over the first and the art of dress consisted in suitable pinning and the proper arrangement of the folds but when a woman left her husband's house and went abroad she had to don the symbol of her slavery the credemon this article was a kind of yashmak veil drawn across the face to protect a woman from the gaze of strange men not her lawful owners it gave its wearer the white cheeks of the odalisque and shut her off from the freedom of the outside world it was like our cap and apron the badge of servitude and to escape from it the only way was to become a slave indeed for the slave woman alone could walk abroad with open face this is what euripides means when he makes the captive andromache sob and i even i was dragged from my royal bower down to the sea-beach with nothing about my head save hideous slavery and one o nine and so hecuba in the trojan women a slave barefooted and bareheaded crouches on the ground to escape from the gaze of men and cries guide me to my bed of straw and to the stones which now will hide my face trojan women five o eight slavery in ancient times was a hard fate but for many an athenian woman it could have had but little terror a wife was already the property of her husband and slaves and women are commonly classed together the athenian however with all his faults was a genuine lover of freedom and did not care for slaves 
neither his wife nor the flute girls whose charms could be bought by any bidder could really satisfy him strange mixture that he was of sensuality and intellect the only women whose company he desired were those called half in jest half in earnest the hetero the close companions the same word being used for those political associations which formed the closest link between man and man the hetero were foreign women and stood outside the law they were not athenian citizens and so had no privileges but on the other hand they were not under restraint often highly educated it was their business to take part in all men's interest they were their own mistresses engaged freely in the political life of athens and in many cases exercised very great influence even in affairs of state to their personal attractions they added social charm and a long training in the arts of pleasure and the contrast between them and the athenian wives may be illustrated if we compare the life of an actress of the comedie francaise with that of an inmate of a turkish harem the french actress and the japanese geisha are the nearest modern parallels to the greek heteri and all three owe their existence as a class to much the same social conditions a high standard of culture and intelligence a low standard of sexual morality such were the conditions of athenian life and we shall find them reflected in literature the great lyric poets simonides pindar bacchalides concerned themselves almost exclusively with men Ashley's alone in this as in most things the exact antithesis of the typical athenian regards women as creatures possessed of mind and soul in sharp contrast to the tragedian is herodas and a comparison between their views is possible for although the historian is a considerably younger man a good deal of his material goes back to an earlier date and in social matters especially he often represents the ideas of the first years of the fifth century herodas great traveller and charming personality though he is is still a true ionian there is frequently a malaysian flavour about his tales for instance the story of ramsinitus and the robber and it is not unfair to say that in his researches into ancient tribal life and folklore he is especially interested in such savage customs as put women in an inferior place the account of the native races of libya in the last chapters of the fourth book of the history will afford an example but the grandeur of his main theme the struggle between athens and persia raised the historian from these doubtful interests and in the last five books of his work there is little depreciation of women as a class it is true that women scarcely come into the narrative and that xerxes remark about artemisia my men have become women and my women have become men is framed to suit the ideas of an athenian as it would have suited the romans who could hardly conceive of a queen it is scarcely as appropriate in the month of a persian whose own mother atossa was then acting as regent but this is a small point and speaking generally there is little in the last part of the history to offend herodotus is really animated by an ardent patriotism and a genuine love of liberty isinomy he says and many english race-goers will agree with them the very sound of the word is most excellent but it must be remembered that his patriotism is for males only and that his equality before the law is an equality from which women were shut out for even plato makes isonomy between men and women the last and almost incredible stage of democratic 
license so it is in the earlier books alone that the baser manner is evident and one example of it will suffice to give a proof of the difference between the ionian spirit which brought about the enslavement of women and the spirit of enlightenment which rebelled against the servitude we will take the story of io as told by Achilles and herodotus for the ancient legends of greece subjects alike for history and drama have one great advantage their main outlines were impersonal and known to all details treatment and interpretation could be varied to express the artist's personal thought io the daughter of anarchus king of argos was beloved by zeus through the jealousy of hera she was changed into a cow and after long wanderings regained her mortal shape and found rest in egypt where she became mother of euphophis first king of the land such is the legend and this is herodotus version of it the persians say that some phoenicians once brought a cargo of merchandise to argos the women of town among them io came down to the seashore to bargain the phoenicians seized the women and carried them off to egypt now to carry off women by violence the persians think is the act of a wicked man to trouble avenging them is the act of a fool to pay no regard to them when carried off is the part of a wise man for it is clear that and after long wanderings if they had not wished it themselves they would not be ravished such is the persian account but as regards isle the phoenicians do not agree they say that they used no violence in taking her to egypt but that she had an intrigue with their captain when he was at argos when she discovered that she was likely to become a mother she was afraid of her parents and to hide her secret came of her own accord with them to egypt all the poetry and romance of the story have disappeared realism has triumphed io is a woman on the best interpretation of her conduct she is vain and imprudent she shows herself to strange men and is carried off by them although as the story is at pains though not very logically to add it must have been with her own consent on the worst interpretation she is a mere wanton she allows a sea captain to seduce her and then deserts her home her parents and her native land listen now to Achilles, in the beautiful version by mr e r bevan the chambers where i housed a virgin hidden strange faces i in the night would visit wooing with sooth suggestion oh most huge in fortune most happiest of all maidens wherefore maiden oh wherefore so long maiden when there waits thee wedlock the highest he the lord of heaven is waxen hot pierced with desire of thee yea and with thee would tread the passages of love's delight now therefore foot not from thee o child the bed of the highest but do this go forth to where the meadow is deep the field of lerna stations of the household flock home is thy father's herds go even thither that so the eye of zeus may ease desire with such like dreams the kingly dark for me was ever fraught me miserable till ridden i gat me heart to open to my father the visions and the dreams of night and he to plytho yea and even to dodona sent him bossage on bossage inquiring what thing he had need to do or what word speak to pleasure them that rule us and they came bringing still back burdenous wavering lips sentences blind dark syllables at last a word cleared visaged came to machus 
enjoying plainly and saying he should thrust me forth of the house forth of the land to wander at large a separate thing even to the last confines of earth the story is the same but the treatment is different the two passages illustrate the difference between romantic idealism and realistic depreciation but io in the prometheus is only one of the gallery of Asalus heroines for in his art women take the foremost place the dramatist is at variance with his age and his fervent patriotism is almost the sole bond of union between him and his fellows Asilus is a mystic who believed in the delphinic inspiration and took an interest in religious speculation his contemporaries were materialists suspected the politics of delphi and regarded religion simply as a ceremony Achilles was a conservative in politics though a liberal in thought athens was already becoming an extreme democracy finally Achilles bases his theatre on women and makes them the chief agents of the drama while the ordinary woman of his time was shut out altogether from the active business of life but he is an unconscious feminist and the definite purpose which we find in euripides is quite absent from his plays it shows however a strange lack of appreciation to reproach him as some critics have done with neglecting the feminine interest of the seven tragedies that the byzantine tradition has preserved for us four if their subject was handled by a modern dramatist would be called feminist problem plays and in the other three the female characters supply most of the dramatic interest even though the first idea of the plot might seem to put them in the second plan of action of the lost plays many as far as we may judge by their titles and meagre fragments have the same characteristic the most famous the niobe had for its central figure the sorrowing mother such another as euripides hecuba in the first scene of the trojan women and represented perhaps in much the same fashion for achilles like most athenian women knew full well the dramatic value of silence and the pathos of niobe's situation needs no long speeches so if we possess the callisto the legend of the maiden changed into a bear the penelope the iphigenia or the orathea that favorite athenian story of the young girl roaming on the seashore and carried off by the fierce god to his northern fastness we should appreciate even more vividly than we can now the romantic side of the tragedian's art it is a significant fact in this connection that of the sixty-odd titles of lost plays which have come down to us nearly half are names of women moreover in seventeen of these plays the title is taken from the chorus in the Achillean theatre the chorus is generally the central figure in the dramatic action such titles as the daughters of the sun the nurses of dionysus and the daughters of nereus and the bacchanal women suggest at any rate romantic plays with a strong feminist interest such others as the women of the bedchamber the water carriers and the women of etna might well be examples of that realistic treatment of women's life of which we have an example in the nurse of the libation bearers arguments drawn merely from the names of lost plays are obviously of little value except in so far as they strengthen the definite evidence which the existing tragedies supply but an examination of the remaining seven plays will show that the first and greatest of athenian dramatists was deeply impressed 
with the potentialities for good and evil of the female mind. End of chapter number five.